Yeah, man. What's happening, ladies and gentlemen? The homie Rodrigo is back. Yeah, man. It's been a while. You know, last one I believe you posted was May 9th. It is June 12th. <laughs> yeah, man. Busy. 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 But I'm not a bee, you know? I'm not. I'm not a bee, you know? I'm a human being just like you guys. Hope you guys are all doing well out there, man. In your universes, in your worlds out there uh and doing great man so uh has a lot of shit went down yes a lot of stuff has been down you know anywhere from uh comic beefs to uh you know straight up living i went to uh, Zacatecas, mexico for about a week it was real quick and i will be doing a podcast just about that alone so uh, i'll keep you guys posted um do i owe you yes i owe you big time but this is a collaborative effort so, yeah, man, just trying to get things together right here at Yeah Man Studios. I uh, put together a little, small little studio here at my dwelling at the Honeycomb Hideout. Got me a little green screen, put my little American flag up, got a desk, got a mic just for this uh, room, computer setup, all that stuff, man. Still a little rickety, dude, but, you know, we got to start some work of it on. So, yeah, man, going to get the YouTube channel cracking and all that stuff so we can get more professional man out there on the field i'll take my recorder i do those and i put those out but i'm also going to start doing uh solo ones in the regular again dude i always take my stuff on the road sometimes we don't end up recording dude it's a lot of work out there and uh dude on uh one aspect uh dropping the ball and then on the other uh light shining at the end of the tunnel um it's more of uh let's not beat yourself up let's keep on moving and uh, we'll do this. You know what I'm saying? Un paso para atrás y dos adelante. With that being said, today is a day, man. That's right. Riverside, man. We're going to be at the Fox Theater. Myself, um, Isaac Flaco Martinez, and uh, comic uh, Martin Rizzo. We will be in the house. We are doing these shows. Uh, they are titled uh, Viva Los Jokes. And uh, yeah, man, we're going to have fun, dude. We're going to have fun, fun, fun. It'll be fucking killer. It's going to be killer. And, uh, yeah, man. And just to get, just let you know, uh, we are there the second Tuesday of each month. Our uh, following show after this show would be July 10th. And that's going to be with Nick Guerra. And uh, August 7th. And that'll be with uh, Martin Moreno. So, yeah, man. Dates. Let me just guys fill you in what's happening this week. I will be on the road uh, with Mr. Felipe Esparza. I'm going to be at the Schaumburg, uh, Illinois uh, Improv, which is basically the Chicago Improv. It's about uh, 40 uh, minutes away from the city or outside of the city. And that's going to be this Friday, June 15th, two shows, 8 p.m. and 10.15 p.m. And Saturday, June 16th, 7 p.m. and 9.15 p.m. shows. And Sunday... June 17th, 7 p.m. show. And you guys can go to uh, felipezworld.com for tickets. Also, folks, I have a new Yeah Man uh, t-shirt. 
thank you guys for the folks that got them already. Uh, they are available. Hit me up. Uh, DM me through Twitter or uh, Messenger on Facebook or uh, Instagram, and I'll hook you guys up. And, uh, yeah, man. So uh, as soon as the money's deposited, you know what I mean, we can uh, float those shirts to you guys. Or you can do it old school and, uh, you know, mail a check, a money order, or cash. Uh, again, hit me up through uh, DM for all that stuff. So, yeah, man, a lot of chaos in the world. Our guest today is uh, one of those dudes that was involved in the chaos. However, uh, that stuff got all spoke about on many platforms and through social media. And if you guys want to hear any of that stuff, uh, check out the uh, podcast episode with Lydia Popovich and Johnny Roque when I was in uh, Zacatecas on the What's Up Full podcast. And they uh, can... Um, catch you up to speed on what that is all about i wanted to have this guest on uh for quite some time now and uh, it was a recommendation from a friend another comedian uh, alfred robles but we never matched it up dude i only hung out with him a couple of times so far in this last 10 years and we had a cool conversation one time at the haha cafe i said haha haha cafe in north hollywood during a christmas party there like uh, i believe it's two years ago we're going on three years and uh, he had a cool conversation with the dude, and that's kind of wanted I wanted to talk about on the podcast. Kind of like danced around a little bit, uh, but I just want to know who this dude is, where he's from, and uh, how he got into comedy, and uh, the state of uh, Latinos in Hollywood and whatnot. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I present to you, Mr. Uh, Nick Guerra. Yeah, man. Burden down, down by the riverside, down by the riverside, down by the riverside. I'm gonna lay my burden down, down by the riverside. Ain't gonna study war no more. I'm saying as far as a Latino, we're not, or at least people of our ilk can't be turning it down any work right now. Yes, whatsoever. I mean, and my question to you was. How about wearing a dress? <laughs> um, and what do you think? And let me let me make it a broad, not a broader question, but that way you can like hit it, hit yeah. it with the uh, from all sides. Do you think it's uh, as far as like you know, African American artists say it's like you know they're trying to like um, fe- like feminize you, yeah, or you know what, man. You. In the end, it's entertainment, right? Because I mean, you get In people end, like uh, Groucho Marx and all those dudes wearing dresses, exactly. Uh, what's Leguizamo, bro? Leguizamo, Tu Wong Fu. That other one killed too. the role. That one brother, that one brother, Flip Wilson, was Grendeline, right? Yes, 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 yes. And uh, I never heard too much shit talking about that. Just the modern stuff, like yeah. You know. Well, they try to, you know. And the truth is, we are doing comedy here, right? Well, we're comics, you know. And if it fits your role, it fits your role. There's nothing wrong with it. Like Leguizamo, when he, you know, played Chichi Rodriguez, he killed that part. He killed it. That just showed him off as a fucking talented actor. His fucking for him to be, yeah, for him to be too macho and be like, nah, man, I can't do that Fuck shit. That. It's like, then don't accept it. Did you ever hear the story about Will Smith? Okay, so he filmed, uh, you know that movie Six Degrees of Separation? Is that where he kisses a dude on the lips yeah, or whatever? Yeah, right, but there he didn't. Old, yeah, yeah, there was a big old uproar about that. Big old uproar. Didn't more in do his it. community or more in the fucking... Well, he uh, said when he went back to set to Fresh Prince, every single one of those actors shamed him. Really, though. And they, because to them, they're like, this is what we do. 
We are actors. We are here to convey the story the best possible way. If you do not want to do that, if you don't want to do service to the to the writer, to the director, then get out of the game. And they literally shamed him for a few episodes because they're like, you are, you are ridiculing our art that we are doing for you right now, for your benefit, for your sitcom. You know what I'm saying? Damn, Uncle man. Phil was very upset with him. I need to talk to you, Will. <laughs> he said, man, he's like, if you're not going to play the part, then get out of the game. Leave that to real actors because there's a real actor that could have taken that role and, and completely started a new career, and you were given it because you were Will Smith. Yeah. And that's how I feel. I feel that if it is in you and you can knock it out, do it. If you feel like, okay, to me wearing a dress is comparative to playing a, a uh, drugged-out cholo. All right? I remember going in for an audition where the hero was a 26-year-old Mexican who got superpowers, but only if he was drunk and high. <laughs> right? And I was just like, okay. The token of the community. Token. That's our superhero. That's what I thought. Oh, somebody wrote that, and they accept that this is a superhero enough for, for them to go in auditions. Right? And to me, I was like. Fucking super cholo over here. You know, to me, I saw that role. I didn't play it the way that they wanted me to play it. I didn't play it like, because I know, because a guy even asked me. He's like, hey, can you urban it up? The writer himself, who was Mexican, wanted me to urban it up. And I was like, not only is that being untruthful to me, that's being untruthful to the people that deserve this role then. Because if I'm pretending to urban it up when there's a real actor who comes from this fucking town that you I know you wrote why not give them the chance? I'm not going to fucking come in here and pretend to be, hey, what's up, Holmes, and ruin a spot that somebody who deserves it more could get. I'm going to be Nick Guerra. If you don't like Nick Guerra, well, then I'm not your role. That's how I felt, and I did not urban it up. Be the uh, Because I was like, no, there's somebody out there that deserves it more than me then. And then and the characters could be found uh, throughout like uh, yeah. Latino but, cinema in America. Dude. Yeah, and, but I'm not on. shitting on anybody that could play that role. If it was not. like, yo, you can kill this role and it's going to make whatever you look good, a career, maybe you can help out, whatever, do it. I'm not against you doing it. I'm saying I would not be able to bring respect to that role because there's nothing about me that portrays that properly. You know what I'm saying? You're not keeping it real. Yeah, you're not I wouldn't being be true keeping to yourself. it real. I'd be fucking lying. And in essence, not true to the character. Exactly. And my whole thing was uh, not that it was offensive, but the actual writer telling you to urban it up. He couldn't do it with words. Everybody else laughed in the room but him. He was very upset that I did not act like a cholo. You didn't see what he was uh, putting on uh, on print, putting in print. Yeah, 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 yeah. Damn, dude. So I was just well, no, I saw it. It was very specific. <laughs> Look, you can tell when somebody's more trying, of an act of defiance. And hit him yeah, up. because he was he was using lines from a very some from a few of our contemporaries that are also Latino comics. And I was like, I know what you're going for, bro. I know what you want. I know this guy, and I know a guy that would fit this role way better than me. But you are not creative for basically stealing this guy's persona. And that was the other thing. That's a lot of rehash bullshit out there. I was there. just like, yo, you're stealing a famous comics persona, bringing his age down, bringing his worth down, and using his lines so that you could sell this. You know, and I was like, this is fucking offensive, man. I can't believe this went through. And I'm very upset. I was really pissed 
that my uh, my manager sent me on there. That's when I told him to stop sending me in for Latino roles. I was like, stop it. Just stop. You don't get it. And you're touching on a point right now where I think, I mean, it hasn't been really, really been outed like comedians on jokes or whatnot, but a lot of writers uh, do take fucking chunks and bits oh, and they pieces take out it, bro. of uh, I went a lot into, of Latinos I went acts. into a role saying, check it out, check it out, check it out. You know who that guy is. Huh. I went into a role saying, I'm not like that anymore. We both know who that fucking right. dude is. And I'm like, yo, you flat out stealing. And then you're going to have me on film saying this guy's line? <laughs> like, I know this fucking dude. And if I did hit, if, say, for some reason I became a Kramer out of this fucking thing, and that was my catchphrase... Yo, I'm branded a fucking thief for life because of a lazy writer. And what's up with that, dude? Has any of that shit come to fruition that you've uh, done or auditioned for? No. Or it always dies? Who, who am I going to tell? Oh, no, no. I'm the actual project. Oh, I don't know. No. I'm okay. glad I've never seen it and I'm happy I have. Oh, okay, it. cool. I've actually kept an eye out on a few of them, <laughs> and one of them got canceled. You know, I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm glad that show got canceled. And one of them never came. Cool. You know, because, but it wasn't like. The first one wasn't a Hispanic-based show. It was just a bad show. But the one Hispanic character was like 70s Mexican. Like 1970s Chico on the man Exactly. Type shit. Like you're not even writing current ones. Like So you're discrediting that we as Mexicans have evolved with America at all? You don't think we watch the same sitcoms and hit movies and understand what the fuck's going on? That's the most offensive thing to me is when people don't understand that we watched Ghostbusters. We watched Stripes, Roxanne. Three Amigos. We watched Free Willy. We watched... Fucking Valley Girl, dog. We watched all of that. We watched Clueless. We watched yeah, everything. Man. And the fact that these people think that we don't even know about that is the most offensive. It's like, oh, you don't think we know? And that's what hits me hard. Because I, I want there to be a day when a Latino character on a sitcom is saying just as many references as all the other characters. You know what I'm saying? Is able to talk about, you know, well, on that's how it was in the notebook, just like any other fucking character. As it, and it wouldn't be dumb to the audience. Yeah, you and wouldn't it, have to look like the dude from Twilight. Yeah. But the character would have to say at some point, what? We what? We watched the notebook too? That would be the only <laughs> sucky part. But we need that. I really give a lot of props to Coco because I think Disney gets it. Disney understands that in order to introduce a culture to an entirety... You have to show it off as a cartoon first. You got to get these kids loving the cartoon, right? And then they graduate to a sitcom of these characters. So now they can understand the, this type of family archetype within kind of a cartoony version of reality. And then at that point, they're able to accept reality. We, unfortunately, are still stuck in cartoon right underneath sitcom. That's, unfortunately, where the Latino uh, entertainment sits right now. We haven't been able to have a fully real show where it's going to be 10 years before we have our version of uh breaking bad even though we were heavily in breaking bad or our our version of shameless you know how long it's going to be before they can portray a mexican family at at the equal rate that they do shameless or arrested development yeah, it's a trip, man. Earlier we were talking about fucking Nickelodeon and shit, but they they did something with Homeboy from CTV. With uh, the Garcias. Brothers, the Brothers, Brothers Garcia. Garcias, right? And that, uh, you know, rolled it into syndication and whatnot. It's, it's, it's slow. And, but what the fuck, though? Like, why are we still there, dog? Like, I mean, well, obviously. the biggest problem 
I think. In your opinion. In my opinion. Because I don't really know, dude. I've never really. I mean, is, I've seen a pitch, yeah. like the practice for the pitch, and that's the closest I ever got to any type of development well, and seeing, like, you know. This is more something. with the audience. Uh, but, uh, yeah, other than that, like, I don't even have any experience with any of that shit. There's you know some I mean? shit that gets fucking on your nerves. We just had <laughs> something, man. You but know? nevertheless, back to what you were saying, dude. I think. The, Why we ain't there yet. I think we're at not. At least competing or being contenders. In the I game. think we're not there yet. Because to be honest, we're still there's a lot of us that are still first generation, right? And uh, our parents, our grandparents, like I think I'm third generation. So it was my parents that introduced me to like Bill Murray, Steve Martin, this and this and that. Their parents didn't. They that was just who was hip in their time. So they pass it on to me, right? I think the generation split is like, you know how it is, man. If you have parents that only speak Spanish, they don't want to watch English channels, right? Which, as a kid, you hated when you were watching an English-speaking show and a Spanish commercial came on. You My mom still to this it. day watches just yeah. Spanish language exactly. uh, programming. So it, 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 that's where, the se- unfortunately, the separation is. Because like a channel like Nuvo, which I was trying to adapt to both Older generation and newer generation. Well, they had newer generation programming, but older generation commercials, which would make the newer generation turn on the one fucking thing that generates money for that channel, advertisements. So instead of of Nuvo advertising to the newer generation of Latinos not using Spanish commercials, they fucking alienated both generations and fizzled out. And uh, that particular network, that morphed from another network, and it seemed to me that that other network that it morphed from always had that, like, you know, that New York undercover show. That was the, the, other, the other problem is what Latino like, are they going after? Right, right. It seemed like the mo- East Coast Latino. Yeah, well, you know it's, I mean? it's Puerto Ricans and, and, yeah, exactly. And Dominicans. Yeah. And, you know, a bit of Cubans. Our style of Mexicans is barely known. You know, South Texas definitely. People don't have uh, they they don't know South Texas comedians. The, the, what uh, or, what part? Or, what, or where were you from in South Texas? McAllen. Oh, you're from McAllen. I've been in McAllen. I've been in McAllen. Yeah, yeah. I, I grew like, up in Mercedes. In, in in Brownsville, obviously yes. Victoria. That's like was that considered? Yes, Brownsville, Harlingen, uh, San Benito, kind of all border towns. Kind of all border towns. Laredo will probably be the most north part of South Texas. And I may be getting that geographically wrong, but that is. And as far as you're saying, like, uh, we're barely even noticed. Our type of uh, Latinos being like Mexicans from the Southwest or, you know, you obviously have the uh, East L.A. uh, Those are the most noticed. And uh, but we obviously right here in California, we go to LAX to fly out. Right. Yeah. But there's no Spanish spoken there. And then you can go to Miami and it's all Spanish spoken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you look at the but dichotomy it's quicker, in that. It's different. Right, right. It's, yeah, yeah. But that's like a conservative Republican um, yeah. um, stronghold. Well, and out here, supposedly, we're Democratic and to that, the left. A lot, of, yeah, a lot of, well, Cubans were Republican because of the Bay of Pigs. Right, the whole right? little thing with the. The uh, John F. Kennedy yeah, totally. attacking Cuba. Uh, and uh, Southwest, well, the, the Mexicans. Mexicans are Democratic. Mostly because Republicans love using um, Mexicans as uh, the anti-hero, as the as the villain, and that's really the only thing. And I've told people that. I've told people, and I'm that's like, been I'm born like, on since Mexicans like, uh, are very conservative. Uh, uh, older families very much believe in exactly what the conservatives believe in: uh, pro-life, gun laws, the, right. or, or like it's pro-gun, pro. You know what I'm saying? It's the only the fact that these conservatives. 
want to still also go against Mexicans, that's the only reason they're not getting Latino votes. The big right, Mexican and then that's vote. also like a like a, that's a little religious play too because most Hispanics or Latinos are more Catholic, Catholic. opposed to the Protestant version that they you know adhere more to the Virgin Mary and whatnot, yeah. or at least have that component there. Um, the 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 Mexican culture race. I will say this has just as many criminals as every other culture and race, but is actually a lot more conservative and family values than people think they are. You know what I'm saying? Or they, they don't notice it. It's kind of like this. Have you ever talked to somebody who said, and I had somebody say this to me, you know, you know, I didn't know until last year that Mexican doctors were taught the same as American doctors. <laughs> I thought they were actually dumber. <laughs> And it was just that's like the most retarded shit I've ever heard. But that's what people believe. Right, right. No, no, no. I, I've, I've heard jokes about like, you know, even comedians going, well, it's a joke that Mexico has an air force. I mean, really, dude? Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's that it's like, OK, it's like, like a doctor from India gets a universal medical um, fucking education, just like one from uh, Mexico comes. Exactly. They don't know that language. It's, like, it's science. They pass. Guys. They pass med school. They just got to get their medical license in the States yeah. to become fluid in yeah. practice. But it, that is the problem with how we're looked at as Latinos is that right there is that there are people who actually are friends of Latinos and actually are consider them equals are like, I didn't know your doctors were just as smart as ours. I just didn't. <laughs> I, I, it didn't even click in my head. Like when you said it, that was a fucking alien thought to me. And that's the problem is that the thought doesn't even sit in them. That our, uh, you know, the Mexican education can be just as good as the American education. Like the math isn't different. Oh hell yeah! And I think it's uh, Mexico's education is more tense to the European version, where well, of when course. you're in high school, America has terrible a, education. You're That's a, a problem. <laughs> you kind of get like a lot of like a college level education. Yeah, you know, and they teach you both histories, both sides of conservative and the, uh, and the, and the, and yeah. I, I guess you say like the left. Uh, opposed to where here you kind of get like you know the yeah. eagle and you take the flag and you raise it up every and chance that's you get. That's what it is, right? And and you know America, unfortunately, fortunate for us, but unfortunately for our culture, America is considered the trendsetter of the world. So America does define the trends in a weird way, which is currency, which is legitimacy. You know, we are the coolest cousins of every other country. Right. Um, but it does bad for our culture because until we can get America to be like, all right, you're cool, too. People are going to continue to think in America, at least where we can generate most of our money, that we're idiots. Oh, hell yeah. And it's trippy because it's like the way uh, I mean. If you look at it historically, this was never England. I mean, if it no. was, they'll be wearing us out with that shit. Exactly. And historically, it was pretty much what I always said, that the Mexicans that come here from Mexico, obviously their government well, needs to take yeah. care, care of them, but it's just like the chicken coming home to roost. They were you know native I mean? to here. That's what I'm saying. That's the thing, man. That's the thing that I don't understand the most. And it's funny because I'm actually going to shoot something that I, I want to say it, but you got to be, you know, like as comedians, we still got to be funny. But it's just like, you know, they treat the darker skinned Mexicans as lesser than everyone when, in fact, they're native to this country. You know what I'm saying? Like, I obviously have Spanish in me. That's why I'm more olive skin, right? 
Uh, my la my my dad's or my mom's last name, her maiden name's Lorenzana, and Lorenzana as you find in Spain. My grandfather did speak native though, to native to his where he was from, Tamaulipas. He there was a a uh, native culture down there that he could actually speak to them. So I don't know where my family line mixed with Spaniards or whatever, whatever, right? Um, but I think the most offensive thing, and then I don't know how to change this, but it's also poor natives, man, how shitty natives are treated, but even worse so that, that darker-skinned Mexicans aren't realized that they're also native too. It's like the guys that Trump is, 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 claims that he's building a wall against are from here. They were from here. Just because they were given the name Mexican doesn't mean that they're not from here. And that's what's more offensive to me. I mean, it's we like, even have that uh, inheritance in our in the California's law. It, it inherits uh, Spanish-Mexican law. Yeah. You know, the reason why I have community property and shit. For, yeah, you know. man. So it's that. It, it, and to Texas me, as well, dude. All that shit. Well, Texas, you know, if you go south, there are a lot of light-skinned guys. Because it is more central to central Mexico, which you'll see a lot more light-skinned Mexicans. Well, if you go to Mexico, you just look at Mexico's government. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? State by state. Yeah, yeah. And it just blows people's minds. And, and I can't wait for the date because the thing that sucks, it even blows our own people's minds. You know? Like, yeah, how many times I have to explain to people who are Latino in the audience that I'm actually Latino also? Because you don't appear to be? Because I don't appear First to be. First hand? Dude, I had one girl heckle me throughout my... I didn't even mention it that much. She just kept saying, I still don't believe it. And I was so fucking livid because I finally told her, I was like, what benefit do I have claiming I'm Mexican? I could easily claim I'm anything else and I would be at more of a benefit. The only benefit that I have is that I am acknowledging who the fuck I am. And I was so pissed at her because I was like, you're shaming me for claiming that I'm this. When it could be very easy for me as a pale skinned Mexican to just never claim my heritage. Oh, fuck yeah. And there's a lot of people that don't. Yeah. And there's a lot of people, too, with other opposite skin tone that don't either because they don't speak Spanish. You know, they weren't raised eating Mexican food. They're kind of, yeah. you know, frozen, you know, and their parents were fucking, you know, whatever the fuck. And it's really that fucking, I think it's instilled when you grow up, dude. Yeah. Um, you know, that col that cultural miscarriage, I guess you can say. It's weird, man. Um, and it's then a, uh, right now, in right, in especially right now in the in where we're at with social media and all that shit, you have a lot of... Um, social justice warriors on yeah. the other side that are going to determine on a fucking scale one to 10 or whatever the fuck they want to use to fucking measure you, how Mexican you are, how Mexican yeah. you look, or even break down what you say, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But I guess you can't like give a fuck, but you can, you have to give a fuck, right? I mean, you have to address it somehow. I'm, I wish to, you know, and that's why I've been posting some more stuff about whatever I'm posting. I'm trying to, get that weird like stigma out of the way that we can't be honest to ourselves because i think that's the problem is that in the mexican culture it's very much no it's okay whatever it's okay it's okay and that's basically saying i'm not being honest to myself but as long as it makes you happy it makes you happy and we are we need to get to that place where we can finally be honest with ourselves you know that way we can truly be happy it's okay for us to acknowledge our feelings, our emotions, and where we're at and acknowledge. That way that we can finally be like, okay, we acknowledged it, right? We're all, you know, there is no degree of how Latino are you. 
You either are or you aren't. Right. Because my whole thing always been like, regardless if you speak Spanish or not, is uh, are you down? If you right. claim it, you claim it. Yeah. And yeah. if you're willing to claim it, you claim it. Totally. You know? And if you look to, like, my thing is this, is that if you look at my culture and my ethnicity and my Mexican family as something to uplift, you are an ally to me. Because how did you grow up in uh, in South Texas? Because there's a lot of people that grow up, because I don't know, maybe you're, pro- and I've seen this more like with like Chingo Bling, and maybe I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. Try- trying to say that with you, that uh, the first generation that were like, uh, that ain't necessarily Texas first. You know what I'm saying? Like, you carry well, the Tex- Texas the, in general. Right, right. <laughs> the lo- you're, you're more Lone Star than you are uh, 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 a modern day Mexican. In you, a sense you are that, definitely that, Texan. The, yes. the, the, the definitely that you you know you have your well, culture. You're right, right, right. You know, um, you do have that Texan, but you also now you're showing more sides of that uh, that Mexican American culture that probably that was only like predominant anywhere from TJ to Los Angeles. I think to be honest, man, and it's funny that you say that. I think because I'm trying to think here I as think you talk, and, up, I, like, let's, and let's I'm, I'm I'm getting a bunch of thoughts in my head, so, and I'm trying to like let you finish, and that way I can hit yeah. you with it. Maybe you can address what I'm thinking too. It's uh. And again, things that haven't really been like mentioned. So you know, because there's too much like, there's a lot of the old ranting raves with the old, uh, the same old premises. It goes back to like that fucking Donnie Brasco movie, you know, when he's all mad when you know Lefty's all hitting the fucking meter right there with the fucking hammer. Yeah, the yeah, same yeah. old scams, the same. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. there's no ingenuity, dude. And it's like yeah. we're still like, um, you know, it's like every. 20 years they give a mexican dude some money and, yeah. and all the other 200 mexicans should be cool with it you yeah. know if you're not attached and you don't get a little bit of the feed and you hope to god that that guy's like all right i'm getting us in right yeah, you hope and then like and what, I'm, I'm sure that dude is fucking scared shitless of like well, trying the, to maintain that well the problem with that is and then i'll get to your your texas thing in a second but the problem is is that when that guy whoever that guy is going to be if anything that he fails, it's going to be complain. It's going to be blamed completely on him and his culture. Uh, let's take for example, and I've been spreading this. Um, my Matt Damon's The Wall, The Great Wall, where he was the hero of the Chinese dynasty. Or whatever, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And everyone's like, this white, this white actor is going to be the hero of China. Same right? shit that happened with the samurai with Tom yeah, Cruise. But you've got to realize this, and this is the only, the only way to look at it. It had to be Matt Damon. Because nobody was going to see that movie anyway. <laughs> so when it flopped on him, it was just like, oh, it was just not, the audience just was, uh, didn't like it. Just was not a good movie. But if it was an Asian actor, they'd been like, Asians don't like this type of movie. Let's never give it again. So that's the problem with the, our Latino hero. Whoever our Latino or Latina hero is, is going to get a – they have to make sure that's a surefire hit. Because if they lose, it's going to be like, well, the whole culture didn't show up. And it just happened with that movie Lowrider, too, right? Just recently. Yeah. They're just like, well, Mexicans didn't care. And they just fucking dismissed it. I'm sure it's killing in Japan. Uh, <laughs> they're fucking adopting us like uh, crazy. Yeah, that's just been going on for fucking that, decades. That's the thing, man, is that, you know, whoever that bullet taker is going to be, it's got to be a hit. And the only way it's going to be a hit is if everybody just fucking supports the hell out of it. Because if it, there will no be Mexican, there will not be a Latino lead without a white lead uh, until that person is willing to take that hit. So your Texas Mexican thing. Okay. 
I think we are raised majorly to be Texan because that's the way Texans are and that's the best way to be. You know, as in, like, we're all Texan. So you could constantly say that. It doesn't matter where I'm from. We're all Texan. Because when you're crossing that checkpoint, that double checkpoint, the Falfurias, and they're like, are you American? Not only am I American, I'm Texan. Right? You know, okay, all right, Texas, Texas, Texas. So it's kind of a survival thing. Well, I never thought of it that way. To be claimed as Texan in Texas. Because anywhere you go, Dallas or whatever, you know, they know you're Mexican. Oh, but you're Texan? You're in. Anywhere anywhere I talk to people where I'm like, are oh, you from Texas? You're all from Texas. It's a, it's Do you like think, a uh do you also think uh, now that you say the word frat that the uh, Latino, uh, the Tejano music scene, kind of was their own version of we're Texas and this is like Hispanic Texas mu- yeah. music? Yeah, you know it, it is very much this is ours. This is I mean, you got people that like Freddie Frender that got arrested for marrying a white woman back in the day, and you know what I mean he's part of that whole little fucking yeah, Freddie, genesis. Yeah, yeah, man. I think I think of course, well, it's it's the same with Texas rock bands like uh, like any Texas rock band like Pantera or any they claim Texas quick. Oh fuck yeah! Almost everybody claims Texas because it is almost like, you know, Texas. We are yours. Support us. And let us move this, this movement, and Texas is all about that. Oh, you're gonna say you're from Texas? All right, you're Texas. All right. So, Texas Tornadoes is just as important to Pantera, in Texas. You know what I'm saying? Selena is just as important. Yeah, that's an enormous fucking... uh, You know what I'm saying? Texas product. Yeah. South Texas. It's very much just as important, you know? And that's just the way Texas is. But I did have to learn, and it's funny that you said that, is that coming out here, I had to learn about the other part of American-born Mexicans, you know, where it's like, oh, my God, no, there's a difference. And this difference isn't being realized. And I am a Texas Mexican... And I do feel that, but I feel that if I get an opportunity, I have to make people realize also that there's differences in Los Angeles Mexicans to Sacramento Mexicans to this to Chicago. Like, I actually do feel that in me where I've met all these comics from everywhere, from Chicago to Joy Via Gomez to you guys to 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 people that I met. In, yeah, Chi Town is mostly fucking pale fools. Yeah. And I felt like with them. It's like, okay, I, as a comic, hope to accomplish what I can so that these guys, and it's not like like I'm the savior. I'm never claiming that. So that these guys <laughs> can also be acknowledged in their form. Because maybe if America realizes that there can be a pale-skinned Mexican who is Texan, who is also, you know, doesn't have an accent. Because I, I have maybe a... a very slight accent, but not very, major, very. Yeah, I don't even think you can, can tell that can blend in. Maybe that will crack the code. Well, then let's take this guy. Let's take this guy. Let's try this guy because that's really what we need. We need the code cracker to to fool. And maybe Desi Arnaz was almost that, right? But he really held on to those Cuban roots and, and Lucy's thing. And plus, hey, but it was, what the fuck? It was black and white TV, so it's not like if you could see how dark he was, I think it would have been different. Why? Uh, why could that never be sustained, dude? Their RKO studios and all that shit he built, dude. And you think he didn't develop another? I mean, this is a what if well, question, heard, dude. Uh, you know what I mean? heard that that they went broke on Star Trek. They went bankrupt. So like there's a Star Trek the series that Lucy, was theirs. Lucy was and that's what happened. RKO. That's yeah. what happened. RKO Studios in the and, end. And, and I'm that, sure they divorced well, and they Desi had another. Lou. Yeah, Desi Lu went bankrupt around the time that they took on Star Star Trek and it didn't work. Oh wow! So it was almost like another shot. 
Yeah, yeah, I didn't realize that. Lucy, uh, Lucy's the reason for Star Trek. Yeah, I didn't know that either. But I mean, if you look at that for the time, dude, and I mean, it seems like there's an enormous well, gap. Let's be honest, man. Back then, it's like you know, it goes from fucking I love Lucy to Chico and the Man. Yeah. The other thing is this: is that okay? So Lucy and Desi really fought hard. You know, they fought against the system like crazy. But just like you were saying, it's it's hard to keep carrying the judgment and the burden to where it fucking exhausts you. Plus, the other thing is this. You think they were given the same budgets as the other studios? We're given half the budget. If it's an all Latino comedy special, we're given half the budget. And is that proven, dude? What? They only get half the budget. I don't know. Dude, that's never proven. Right. But, but as far but as like conversations on. from a motherfucker that got a same opportunity that, you know, what their checks the look set like. That definitely looks different. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The intro is definitely not as sharp. Okay, I'll say this. Let me say, yes, it's all almost disproven. I worked at a movie theater, right? And at this movie theater, we got a print of of uh, the Redneck Tour, the Blue Collar Comedy Tour, okay. when that was out in theaters, and Eddie Griffin's Dysfunctional Family. Did you ever know about that special? No. So Eddie Griffin put out, and it went out to the theaters. And the guy, the guy at the projection booth. Seen that. He said he remembered this. He's like, you know what? You can always tell when it is a black film over a white film because the format that it, the sound recorded in is different. The blue collar was perfect fucking sound. Eddie Griffin's was lesser. And he's like, and I remember that with the Kings of Comedy. Really? I remember that it was played in a different audio. Like it wasn't full stereo than the white films i'm gonna be uh so yes giving you the cheesiest reply or the most cliche reply that I, you ever hear in podcasts interesting <laughs> <laughs> but hey dude you know what but, dude when i heard that i, I do that I, I don't doubt me, you but i don't i don't know and you're 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 fucking well, that, shedding some light on some that shit was even before i was a comic that was right, just right. me like working a projection booth and it was offhandedly said he's like yeah man it's uh, the the sounds recorded lesser on on these films and I was like, fuck, that's how deep this racism goes. Right, right, right. <laughs> now, maybe it's budget. It's right, probably right. like we couldn't record on, but that's still But again, budget. in the end, that's what you need to fucking move a project forward. Yeah. And so how was I life? Mean, we all know Sandra Bullock saved the Lopez show. We all know I, that. I heard she's the reason that even happened. She's the reason it happened, and they wanted to cancel it. And she said, I will put up the money for the show. And so really, I didn't know board. that. Yeah, I mean, they I didn't know she had a, she a big part said, with for I'm her to get it on the money. Then on, on the two, the yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, man. Um, so what's up, dude? How was life in fucking South Texas, dude? Growing up as a kid, how was? Because you said your family's from Tamaulipas. That's your mom's well, side. My, my dad, my grandfather was. You know, my grandfather. Like the crazy thing is, is that really, I would say my mom and dad are from Texas. Okay. They didn't. They didn't grow up in Mexico. You know, uh, Rio Grande, Fronton, that's my dad, right? Border, border town. Um, and my mom, Mercedes, which is border, border town. You know, like we have a family doctor right across the border that has treated us for years, all of us, uh, in Reynosa. That's so, what you guys, when you say anything wrong, you go to him. We'd go to him. Hey, we'd go to the Americans for the American doctors for, hey, I don't, I don't want to go down there right now. <laughs> Just give it a check. If, but it was like, I gave it a check. All right, let's go down to. You had your guy. Yes. You know, which is probably the best way to fucking have as a family yeah. fucking doctor. And I really don't know too much of my family's history because my dad's my dad's 
are very much, you know, Star County, Ranchero Mexicans. They don't talk a lot about their past or anything, to be honest. It's, it's pretty much work until you die. That's it. You know, my dad uh, was, the, was the one that was working in the fields at 10 with his family. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's really, where he told me that's how he got into Motown and shit like that. What were you going to say? Oh, no. It's like a really strong dude. Yeah, I mean, so that's yeah. my dad. You know, my dad and his family, very much uh, hardship, hard workers, uh, South, South Texas Mexicans. You know what I'm saying? Uh, cowboy hats, <laughs> big old belt buckles, still that, right? My mother's side was a little bit more educated. They all went to college because my grandfather on my mother's side, he was born in 1899. So oh. he was older, right? And also, he uh, he fought alongside Pancho Villa at 13, so he was a revolutionary, you know? And I think that pride in him when he came over to, when they made it over to America, because really, I don't think crossing the border was really going far other than, no, we're no. in America now. Right. That's it. It wasn't a big deal. Um, it wasn't even an issue before 1923. Exactly. So, my grandfather, you know, instilled in his family... You know, with my mom's side, this big pride of education, whereas like we are going to believe in ourselves. We are this and that to the point where like back in the day when my aunt and uncle were their youngest, like our oldest ones, the bus wouldn't stop for them when they would go to school. Right. Pass them and go pick up all the the white kids just because they were Hispanic or yeah, Mexican. Yeah. Yeah. And my grandfather got in the middle of the road one day. Stood in the middle of the road with a shotgun, pointed at the, the bus, and made the guy stop. And then demanded, told the bus driver, you know, all in Spanish, because that's all he could speak. Basically saying, why aren't you picking up these children? Why are you denying, they, they are going to the same school. And the bus driver, who was Mexican, was like, I don't understand you, sir. I'm sorry I understand you, pretending not to speak Spanish. And my grandfather ripped into him. You know exactly what I'm saying, and you know this is wrong. They're children. They are going to the same place. They're going for the same education. And you know in your heart of hearts this is wrong. And from that point on, the bus driver picked up my Would stop there and scoop them up. So that was my mom's side. My mom's side very much, let's push forward. My dad's side very much, we're hard workers. And and it's okay to take care of family and just provide that. Subsist. Yeah, subsist. Um, Now you're saying that thing about your uh, grandfather. So when did he come over here, like? World War One era? I really don't even know, man. To be honest, I wish I knew more. Okay. Where, you know, like, he died in 2000 at 101. He was oh, old. wow. Okay. You but know? it's also, if you live that long, one of those people that, like, I'm sure didn't eat too much. Yeah, they, they, eat that, yeah, yeah. They would have, the a, they that, would go to sleep at sundown, yeah. wake up at sunup. Well, you know, type. the only thing that killed him uh, was loss of activity. Because at one point he had to get his leg amputated. But up until that point, he was still mobile. Like, at 80s mobile, walking around, driving around, handling business, this and that. It was that, that depression of like, I can't, I'm, I can't do anything or whatever that may have actually weakened him finally to the point of like, okay, well, that's it. Which yeah. was at 101. My mother's father was in his 80s and he died of cancer, but before he was diabetic as well. And he's like, if you cut my leg off, just kill me. You know, I, you know what yeah, I mean? Man. And that type of shit. They, like that, they can't, You ain't got your legs. That is the good thing about the Latino culture. We don't want to stop. Yeah, people call it pride. I think it's more of an ethic. We just don't want to stop. We just like, no, I got to feel like I'm doing something. You know? Yeah, it's not pride. It's like, I don't mind working. 
You know, I don't mind being around doing something. I want to create. Moving. what humans should be. Saying in Spanish, a seguir adelante. Like, we don't mind working. Other cultures might like traveling the world. <laughs> we don't mind creating shit like no fucking like well you know what i'm gonna take this old table and repaint it and cut it around and redesign it you know what i'm saying um and that really is what stops most you know uh latinos that are older is that they just get inactive somebody something stops them we're like i just i can't be me anymore and that really <laughs> takes a lot because you and you also just want to go down to bingo <laughs> <laughs> you know Sorry. Am no, I no, 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 no. Don't even worry about it, dude. Yeah. We're having a conversation, dude. There's no yeah, agenda well, I, here I, at all. I'm hoping I'm staying on it. But that whole thing is like, yeah, you know, grew up in, in South Texas, man, where everybody was, was Latino. It's so funny. Like, I went down there. Well, Mexican. Really, everybody was Mexican in my eyes. Even white people. You know, I thought Eminem was Mexican when I first saw him. Oh, really? I didn't know. You know, I had to be, oh, he's white? Really? A white rapper? I, I thought, oh, he's rapping. He's going to be, and he kind of looks Mexican, right? That's what I thought. Uh, I thought everybody was Catholic. I And it's so funny. Like, I was telling a, a comic this, uh, at, you know, and I said, dude, I didn't even realize there was such there was such thing as black people, even though I've been watching them on TV the whole time. But you never seen one, like, live? No, we did have people. That, but there's dark, dark enough Mexicans. Oh. I didn't know they, that this was a different race until, like, uh, junior high. Maybe late junior high. You guys really didn't have any uh, black people in your guys' community. Well, we didn't have that many at all. You know, like maybe four in my high school or whatever. But it just wasn't looked at like, I guess because we only had four. But in my mind, I guess there was a point where I had to realize the differences in things. And I remember having to realize that, which means that I was older. Telling myself like, oh my God, not everybody's Catholic. Oh my God, not everybody's Mexican. Oh my God, th- those those people are different, and so I'm old enough to kind of remember those moments. It wasn't something that was brought to me attention to me as a kid. So it was kind of like a holy shit moment. Yeah, in different little areas, you know what I'm saying. But it was never like, oh shit, I can't handle this, right? But to me, growing up, everybody, and maybe it's the fact that we we're all Texan, maybe it's the fact that we're all South Texan, or maybe it's just because I was naive enough to think everybody was just like me. One of those things are the reason why I looked at everybody as equals. And it could have been a mix of that. You know, and I did understand that there's people that spoke Spanish, but I didn't feel less Mexican than them. I just knew I didn't speak Spanish like them. You know what I'm saying? So there was up until a point where I really looked at everybody like, uh, I don't see the difference. I didn't even know that there was Middle Eastern people down in McAllen until 18. Really? Yeah. Because it was never an issue to bring up or to talk about, or at least with me. And that's the thing. I don't know if it was just a general thing, but it wasn't a thing with me. Because in my mind, we all looked the same. You know, I was like, oh, my God, I got this Middle Eastern? I had no fucking clue. The whole time. The whole time. And I know there was, like, Jewish people at our school. I know what the fuck Jewish meant. It never was an insult. It was never a thing. It was just, oh, they're Jewish. Okay. You know? I was like, I guess that's just whatever. That's a different religion. I don't know if it's different than Catholicism. I just know it's not Catholicism. But that's all I knew. But also being this, Texan. The, the mean stereotype was never on. Right. That I think that connotation doesn't, I don't want to say it doesn't exist, but it's less. When yeah, you have that little. Go through, well, then when I went to Dallas. Statehood is. When like, I moved to Dallas, that's when I started seeing, 
the cultures mix and then kind of seeing them, you know, playfully joke about each Did other. Did you go to culture. school there? or No, I went to work there. Okay. And that was the first time I was like, what the fuck? How are you guys talking all about this? Isn't it? Because I was never around it. You know? So it's like in South Texas also, it's like super heavily Hispanic, right? Heavily yeah. Hispanic. I mean, you're probably going like what, 90, 95%? 95% and everybody there speaks Spanglish. Everybody. Doesn't matter what color you are. You know what I'm saying? So there's just as many white guys down there saying, hey, what's up, Way? How you doing? Like, same shit. Yeah, you know, man, we're going to go over here and get some taco. They don't fight. You know, barbacoa taco. They don't fucking trip on it. That's how it is. He's like, ah, and they all do that. Ah, all right, Way. You know, that's how it is. And what was different with Dallas, dude? Dallas. You there was an adult, 18, well, 18 years old? Over? I, was, I was there like 18, 19. This is what I realized. Living and working? Uh, Yeah. Because uh, I went to college for six months. <laughs> so what I realized as an adult is that metropolitan areas, and I realized even more heavily in L.A. The big city. That, uh, it's very much, no, you got to rep who you are. So in Dallas, it was still like, yeah, you're Texan, but you got to rep who you are while being Texan. And then when I came out to L.A., I was like, oh, my God, like, there's chunks of this city that are solely dedicated to this fucking race. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Like, you gotta be. And that, to me, I, I felt it more out here, but I started to feel it in Dallas. Because then I realized, like, oh, because these cultures are mixing so much, there is the hard-headed ones that are like, no, we are this. Don't confuse us for anything else. More militant. Yeah. You know, whereas South Texas, there was no chance of that because you're around 85% Mexican. You really try to separate yourself from 90% of the fucking population. That's just how the shit was. Over in other metropolitan cities, it was evened out. Sectionalized. Yeah, man. Grouped. Yeah. Fucking, what, cliques so per se? I realized that in Dallas. I had no clue. Yeah, because to, like, when you're out here, like, I mean, this is like a California, Southern Californian view of anybody being from Texas, regardless if you're from McAllen or from Austin or El Paso, you're a Texan, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, I mean, and and there's, but you know what's funny? I mean, and you won't be able to notice it unless you travel and been to different parts of Texas. There is a difference between somebody that's from El Paso. Mm, There is. There is a difference from McAllen and Brownsville and Houston, you know what I mean? There is. You get more like, you know. Not that you get more Angloed out, but you get more. It's it's more honky in uh, Austin well, and Dallas and Houston. Yep. Yeah, yeah, man. And like kind of like the the TV honky is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Not the uh, you know whatever you want to say like you know middle American honky or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, I got you. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And it is very different. Well, I say El Paso has more of the uh, Pachuco Mexican in it. There's there's low there's remnants of low low rider right. culture there. Uh, San Antonio is Pachuco heavy metal Tejano. They're a little bit more rocker, but also rocker Tejano. You know what I'm saying, right? Uh, South Texas is definitely South Texas. They listen to Ozzy with the cowboy. fucking cowboy hat on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boots and shit, you not know, giving South a fuck. South Texas that includes Corpus. Houston, you get a little more country. Because you rodeo and all that bullshit. No, you got the Louisiana. So you got a little bit more of the country. You got Paul Wall there. Okay. That's Chingo Bling. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And then Dallas is probably a little bit more uh, if there was a waspy version of Mexican. Well, there you go. I mean, the TV show Dallas. Yeah. I mean. You know, so, yeah, it's different places. Definitely. That's what I noticed about here. Here it's even more. It's crazier to me because it's San Fernando and Pacoima. 
<laughs> There's a difference there. Fucking go go to Lancaster. <laughs> yeah, right. And then if you, even if you go to fucking uh, Fresno, it's different. Oh fuck yeah, dude! You can t- yeah. tell the difference with people from like um, San Pedro, dude. Yeah, Mexicans. Man, uh, both. I did my CBS audition. You know, they do the CBS diversity audition. Okay. I did the different types of Mexicans you'll run into. Now, the Mexican casting director, who thankfully has been outed. <laughs> You're talking about the big guy that was a TV writer, right? You know what I'm talking yeah, yeah. about, right? And he got it from the Me Too movement, right? Yeah, right? But he was also like, he acted like... That I fucking was, guy. He acted like I was stupid and talking ridiculous for realizing the differences in all the Mexicans. In LA. Do you remember the He's show? Like, I'm Mexican. We're not like that. Yeah. I'm like, Do you? Oh. Remember, fool, you're not even Mexican. Uh, there I go, being one of those guys <laughs> judging a Mexican. But he, I remember. Do you remember the? Were you around when they were doing the homie show? They were animating it. No, man. No. Well, I got a spot in there. Some somebody made a call. I don't know what the fuck happened. So I went in there, did yeah. a voice. Never got paid for it. Never got credit for it. And I was saying something, and that motherfucker just regurgitated what the fuck I said. And I was like, this motherfucker. Yeah, and yeah. I know he, that's probably his style in writing. And we're not bashing him. I don't give a fuck. He's made his money, but he also had a crowd. Yeah, man. Uh, well, I, I don't have a problem with these dudes, but they all seem to fucking go at us. That and, But that's he's me to me, also, he's reminiscent of the old guard. But even yeah. but um the, uh, the uh, field hands version of it, like, you know, he's the... Uh, right hand man to the people with the pow- power. You know what I mean? Is not Jackson and fucking there you go. Jango. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and he's not even doing nothing but ripping um, yeah. fools from the street off. And he's looking at like he's there. He's being looked at as like some like type of uh, like gate the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This Gatekeeper. Is the guy that knows. Yeah. If you want to know Latinos, you go to him. And that was the problem. Nothing sucks more than that guy being in a position and actually not giving us a chance because whoever is in that position next i hope to god they're like no i'm gonna show them guys i'm gonna let them know and come on come in we're talented i know that you got this not fucking really oh really or you think you're you know you're funnier than me this and that and then just fucking shit on us oh fuck yeah dude more praise because you know what man you know what's gonna get more praise whoever that guy is in the next seat if 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 his if his predictions for talent work out is like bro you picked out 12 golden horses and that's what we need we need the guys like i'm gonna ride on these 12 golden horses and that said dude we're talking about pretty much been fucking has been in power for what like 25 years if not more and he was very harsh on on every latino auditioner i would hear stories about other guys and i'd be like yo this guy fucking made it harder on us for no reason other than to make it harder on us. And he could have been like, it's tough love. You got to learn. Really, bro? Like, this, <laughs> moment, this moment, we get the tough love. Everyone so said, really, bro? <laughs> Everyone else gets to audition. We get the tough love lesson. Like, fuck. Fuck you. And that's that's the thing where people are like, well, good. Then I will never, ever, ever represent you as a person. Once anything happens. Because that's what happened. He's like, yo, you got called out and no one came to your side. Hell yeah, dog. Sorry, homie. That's what you ha- that's what happens when you put loyalty into the wrong people. Hell yeah, dude. That shit fucking that fool was in a cush spot for a long time. Cush spot. Nobody a came long to the side. Long time. Dog. It's like, there you go. You made that shit sandwich. 
<laughs> and what experience do you have in any like with writing on shows or like knowing the background of TV? Oh, Can I go or, pee actually? Yeah, make it happen, dude. Can we go pee? How are we doing? We are fifteen minutes. Oh damn! Want right, to hit pause? Or just hit. No, not stop recording. The pause. Johnny has more. Yeah, so I was asking about your experience you have. You know what, man? I really don't have that much experience with writing, and I learned. Uh, I mean, you know, I've tried, but the problem is, is that when I've gone into pitch meetings, uh, it's more so been as the talent, and I've learned this, is that when they're considering you as the talent, mm-hmm. um, they don't care about your writing, because you're. You're their Urkel. You're their Will Smith. You're this and that. Oh, no, we have the writers. So they're going to provide you we'll with get that. the writers. Yeah, oh, oh, you wrote something? Great. But you're our talent. So we need our, our proven writers to back up you. And so I've learned that unless you really want to be a writer, unless you <laughs> really want to go write for late night or whatever and get in that system, uh, it's, it's, you should be focused more on the other parts of the craft. You know? I mean, I would hope to write something someday, but then I also realized this, and maybe this is just a, a bad excuse, but I told myself that I'm actually a, uh, an insult to real writers because real writers write no matter what, whether the, the gig is coming or not, they're writing right now. Uh, if I'm only writing to try to pitch something, I'm not a fucking writer. I might as well just write a one sheet, and you're better off if you're coming in as a talent, writing a one sheet, or writing about what you're an expert at so that they could sell it, so they could put the team behind it. And what's a one sheet? A one sheet is basically a, uh, it's just a one sheet of what your idea of the show is. Bullet points in essence or an outline? Here's here's the title of the show. Here's the the quick log line of it. You know, this guy, I as this character goes through this because my family's this, or I as this character have to do this because I got into this situation. And this is what I'm at now, right? And then, you know, maybe you'll write out the bone structure of the first pilot. Act one, this happens, this happens, this happens. You just write out that, right? Some one sheets consist of a writing out the other characters. Here are the other primary characters, at least four. And then some of them consist of writing the three-season arc. It's like, okay, so in season one, uh, our hero breaks up with his ex and is looking for somebody new. Season two, our hero finds someone new but realizes X is better. Season three, our hero uh, has to marry either X or blah, blah, blah. And that's... Which is the writing conventions for a TV show, yeah. like, loosely, but, in essence. But they, they, they don't want a solid thing because then it's like, well, now it's too solid. What are we going to produce? And then it's like, oh, we got to give a writer's credit to you and, and a producer's and a creator's credit? Well, you're the talent. We don't want to give all three... Unless when they you're have very the fucking talented, right? And because those credits mean something. That creator's credit, that producer's credit. It's a fatter that check, that right? Means, yep. In the end, if it fucking yeah. gets pulled up and fucking so sent like, on its okay, way, we'll probably give you a creator and starring credit. You know, uh, we might not give you the director created by credit or with, and so there, all those credits mean something. And if you're going to come in as a writer, you're going to want to just focus on that it's like start writing the monologues now start writing the just start writing the packets get in as a writer because that's the only way that they'll let you write your own show you know what i'm saying you might get lucky 
Because, like, take a look at, like, Seinfeld and David. All right? Larry David, Seinfeld went to Larry David. You know, and they say, yeah, you know, he's one of the funniest guys I know. I just asked for help. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but Seinfeld was the talent. He wasn't the writer. So it's more Larry David. It was more Larry David's birth child. But Larry David at least had writer's credits. He was already part of Fridays and something before that. And something. So Seinfeld didn't just go to Larry David. He found somebody who kind of was already working in the business. Hey, help, help me write this. You've already been through this, right? Yeah, you're somebody I like. You're somebody's humor, and you already got the credits. It's not and, like you went to somebody brand new. Right. And then he had his heat, of course, to get in the room and pitch his exactly. ideas. He was already proven, like, well, Fridays was this and that. He was already a part of this festival, you know? He, but he, he already had a vehicle, too. Yeah, exactly. To, so, in essence, fucking, you know, teamwork. Teamwork. They teamed up. Made a hit show. You know, and they were so... They were so amateurish in their beginning, like unknown that that's the reason that that show was even given that more of like, and they created it themselves just at a diner. Give the story <laughs> later on. What happens when two comedians get together in a diner? Well, apparently a hit sitcom show. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, dude. It's that sell, you know? And there's that other side of Hollywood where it's like, okay, like you said, well, what's your struggle story? Are you someone out of nowhere? Are you somebody that went from home? This guy went from homeless to, to joining a biker gang to finding stand-up comedy to believe in him. So now he's selling out to arenas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. That's what they love. They love that story versus this guy was raised properly and had a good <laughs> education and is quite all right for himself. Give it up for, you know? <laughs> yeah. This guy's never going to have a check sex change. So yeah. How boring. Hey, is, uh, you okay with that? <laughs> but then that's when talent has to shine more. Yeah, it's a trip, dude. It's a trip when the machine gets behind you. I, the machine never really got behind me. Because you had a... Before I was going to, you know, how the fuck did you get to L.A.? When did you start doing stand-up? Yeah. What brought you here? Yeah. You want to know all that? Well, I was good. But before I was, you know, I'm on fuck. We could just go to the point where, you know, the machine never really fucked with you. But okay, when when they start to fuck with you? Because you did, like, I mean, after the Tonight Show, when you did that... They didn't, man. The, even then? They or, didn't. They didn't even open the door and say, let's talk? We talked. Okay. When did that start happening? Meetings are no problem. Okay. Meetings are easy for them. That's what they want to do. Take meetings. Yeah, let's take a meeting. I got no, I got to fill the rest of this calendar out. I'll take a meeting with you, 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 you. They're, they're taking meetings with everybody. Because really, that's all they do. It's it's choosing a fighter. You know, all right, scroll through. Who else am I going to choose? You don't take meetings, then you're not prepared for, all right, so who do you got for this season? Well, what we're thinking is, right? So meetings were easy. When did that you know, start? That started probably after last comic standing. Okay. Meetings could have started before that, but meetings before that, I was connected to somebody whose star was shining a little brighter. So we were getting meetings because he was bringing me in. Okay. But he went off to do his own thing. So my own meetings started around last comic standing. And you know what's so funny? It was a it was a weird meeting that came out of nowhere. And you know, and I remember, man, the big meeting where I can see everything jumping off was after the first episode had aired. I got called up by NBC. Somebody at NBC Universal. I want to set up a meeting with you, and I need to go look for the name. I don't remember the guy's name, right? But he was uh, Latino, right? Oh wow! And he was watching soccer. He was Spanish. You know what I'm saying? And he brought me in. He Original Latino. Yeah, he's 
Hey, uh, I hope you don't get offended. I'm going to be watching the game also while we're having a meeting and that, right? But I'm, I'm listening, you know? And so we started talking. And he's like, so tell me about your career. Tell me about this. Tell me about what you did. Oh, goal, goal. You know, they were fucking going nuts watching the, okay. And Fuck yeah. Me, you know what I'm saying? And he's like, oh, yeah, okay. And this and that. He's like, look, I love what you put out. You know, I, I love the style that you brought. We're kind of this and that, right? And he talked to me. He's like, I'm going to send your name over to my uh, diversity department for stand-up for diversity. You know, they're going to have a competition. I, I, I think you should try that out, and I'll try to set up some more meetings, right? He's like, I think you're talented. You know, I think you're a good voice for – and then you go back to the soccer game. I think you're a good voice for, for what's coming up with Latinos and this and that, blah, 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 right? Um, never ran into him again. Damn. <laughs> you know, and he mentioned me. He's like, so what did you like about the experience while I was coming? I was like, oh, well, they filmed – at my hometown with me and my family, you know, they, they were gonna they said they were gonna put on the show but they never actually did. But, you know, they they did a whole thing about me and growing up in McAllen, right? He said, Oh, that's great. I, I wish I could see that. Next day it was on it was on the NBC website. Like I was like, Oh shit, like this guy made some fucking calls. Wow. Right? And he boom boom got it out there, right? He was probably the first meeting that really kicked off the meetings that led to all of the meetings, the general meetings. The general meetings were mostly because of winning the holding deal. You know, like that was a big one. The holding deal got me in. Lots of people wanted to meet me, right? Were you prepared I, for that? No. And you have to be. As, as far as having your one sheets and all that shit? Yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, no, no, no. You got to be prepared to handle the fucking high stakes of the audition. Like, I would go in for auditions like CSI with Gary Sinise. You're going to play the opposite of him. Like, yo, I'm not this talented. Give me a line. <laughs> you're going so back and forth. You're used to being in front of a camera. The fucking snake guys over here. Exactly. So that's the problem is that I wish I would have taken more acting classes from the beginning of getting here in 2009 to this point, 2013. I wish I would have been prepared. But unfortunately, when you don't have the money and you really rely on stand-up to hit, you don't prepare, right? So I wish I was prepared for these meetings in exactly the way you're saying. I think I was semi-prepared. The auditions, of course, I knock out. There's not very many good Latino roles out there that I could portray or that were given to me. That's when I got taco truck owner and illegal immigrant, right? <laughs> um, so they just didn't have the roles. So it was just a year where the voice wasn't heard. But they kept me in as much as they could. And they still know me. You know, I haven't fallen out of favor with these people, but it's like America wasn't ready or the writers had nothing for me. You know what I'm saying? And this is uh, during uh, Obama, right? I'm sure. It's 2013. Yeah. Yeah. 2013. When America was supposed to be ready. ready. <laughs> Coco just came out. Damn, dude. You know what I'm saying? I'm really banking on Coco. <laughs> We get these kids addicted to Mexicans. Oh, oh dude, and dude, that's that's one thing five about years from now, those kids are gonna be teenagers and gonna be demanding the the what I want more of this. It's funny because uh, it's like I mean you look at African Americans, blacks, uh, they've been in entertainment longer, mm-hmm. but regardless of what's happening to them as a group or as individuals getting you know murdered by the police or whatnot, they're still regarded regarded as being cool. Well, of course. Because they've been in, on the well, tube, they, you know, on film. Uh, and I think we're, that's one thing, uh, of, of yeah. course, there's lack of representation, but that's the thing that we're not. Well, because black America. We're like force cool. Where America loves the struggle. They fucking love it. And, you know, black Americans, 
their history has, has gone through the most struggle of all of us, right? The other thing is black America is an American culture. Yeah, and they're the only like non-immigrants next to Native yeah, Americans. Exactly. Our culture is broken up into a lot of parts. And if you're Mexican, there's different parts to our culture. Right, and even generationally too, yeah. because you get the people that like the, the more they, they you get seven generations, they're like they're American solely. They don't understand yeah. what you're talking about. Wow, I thought that existed in you're you know not, our grandparents' seven, age. Not seven generations, right? Yeah. And until we're seven generations, you know, maybe we'll have a voice for our struggle. I'm hoping it's sooner. Uh, but struggle wars, which America loves, America loves the struggle, the underdog, the real talker, this and that. Struggle wars are, unfortunately, the black culture. You know, they went through a lot. Um, and Especially when you have folks from our culture say, fuck, we were never fucking slaves. Yeah. Be like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> but, and, but you know, know. The only the ones that are barely above that or next to that are Native Americans. Because Native Americans, unfortunately, they were conquered. They were wiped out. Black Americans were forced over here, you know, uh. across an ocean away from their anything, and and made slaves. You know what I'm saying? So it's almost like that whole thing in Black Panther is like, I'd rather jump off the ship and die unchained than continue. It's that, that idea of, like, unfortunately, Native Americans being wiped out. It's like, well, at least we didn't make you slaves. <laughs> they that, they wouldn't become slaves. They'll just fucking ruthless. Oh that's fuck the yeah! The, the America is sociopathic. The country is sociopathic, and that's how sociopaths think. Hey, at least I'm gonna make you a slave. I just killed off all your family. Okay, you could have been a slave. It could have been worse. And that's how it goes. When you look at America as a sociopath, who's like, are we just fucking doing right for America? Are we just fucking doing right for America? Okay, fine. You get this, but don't fucking complain. That's America. But that also goes with the fact that, like, if it keeps going, that's what America wants, right? That melting pot. Like, everybody gets their membership card, and you yeah, fight man. for the flag. What makes us cool. Yeah, you fight for the eagle. You're a big because part of it. sociopath is also like, look, here's the thing. I'm going to make us a world power, all right? Now, I'm going to, now, even though I don't fucking like you, I'm going to say we're friends. Yo, this is my black friend right here. What up? Yeah, America, we fucking dope, all right? Even though I say I don't like you. I'm going to say that we, you know, we share each other's culture, all right? Is that cool? Hey, what's up, America superpower? I'm just, hey, we celebrate Singleton Mile, too. What up, bit? And that's America. America is sociopathic and opportunistic. And you can't blame it because America's always like, hey, you did a good job. Here's, uh, yeah, here's, here's one-fifth of the cut. Where you go with uh, the World War II, there's a book called Among, Among the Valiant, and it was uh, yeah. Mexican-American war heroes were the most decorated in that war. Um, and then you, uh, fucking over here, try not to lose my fucking train of thought. Oh, what becomes, it's like, all right, you get to those seven generations or those five generations and they're no longer identified with their heritage. They identify with America. So now you can't get the newer ones. Cause the thing is like, you look at migration or immigration, whatever you want to call it, yeah. whether it's, um, Polish Jews, Russian Jews, Eastern Europeans, Italians, yeah. uh, they have their cycles, right? You have Angel Island, you have Ellis Island, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Chinese as well, and it kind of stops. The thing is with Hispanics or Mexicans, Salvadorians, uh, Nicaraguans, uh, they perpetu they're on a perpetual basis coming over here. 
Yeah. So there's always going to be every year is a generation, yeah, regardless of that yeah. generational True. gap. So it's almost there's always going to be, you know, there's always going to be a first generation. Right. Latino, Mexico. I mean, obviously, with True. this whole concept of the wall, they want to act like it's going to disappear, which is fucking baloney. But, yeah. you know, it's just that's a pipe dream in and of itself. Yeah. But see, that's the thing, too. That's like, you know, it doesn't stop. I mean, obviously. In the East Coast, you kind of have like, you know, Puerto Ricans are like, like, you know, like honorary Americans. I mean, they are on paper, but they're still kind of like not, yeah. you know, look what happened to their devastation. They're not getting taken care of. Uh, yeah, exactly. But even like Cubans, you kind of don't have that big surge. You yeah. still have that generation that born and raised in uh, in Florida and the yeah, ones that are there. Over right. Massively. And then the ones that are still pissed off that, you know, they're, they're, JFK they're couldn't Cuban. finish the job and, you know. Yeah come back to a Batista type government, get Fidel out of the way. Yeah. So there's always going to be, so that struggle as like a, a subculture in America is always going to be there. But like, if we get over that and just become American and be mainstream, even though we have the capabilities, even though the capabilities were there 40 years ago, it's still like, nah, motherfucker. Yeah, man. Sure ass back there. It's, you know, it's, it's the constant uh, new generation coming in and saying, oh, we're willing to play the part. Right. And it's also like you're saying, like, not what we can do to take care of our struggle here in Hollywood. But then individually, that's like, motherfucker, that's your struggle. I'm succeeding. Um, I'm not succeeding. So that's my struggle. Yeah, and you know what I mean? It's like uh, goes back to the concept of the rat race on top of everything else. You got race. Yeah. You know what I mean? And America is like, dude, whether you want to say it or not, it's like, we're some of some of the most racist shit in the world. I mean, you know, Hain well, is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> From like. Everybody was classism. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't race. And, and the, but, you like, know, yeah, but you know, but you know what's funny? Chinese, which means you're just yeah, poor. but here it is. It is class, but they clothe it with race. Well, you know what I mean? Like, and that's like, classism. that's like fucking, if you can't wrap your head around it, then you really don't know what's going I, I, on. I can't believe people haven't really thought about that like no it's it's poor against rich yeah, yeah, yeah and they're just letting us fight that's why it's funny when i say like uh like southern california democrat oh yeah yeah i'll fight for your rights or whatever but you know as long as you don't live in my neighborhood yeah you know yeah, what i mean yeah. and i see that shit i mean i see that not so much as a comic but as a dude doing pest control going into these rich houses oh, the yeah. way the paternalistic talk down and it's like they don't even maybe they don't even notice they're doing it and oh, it may hey uh what we Right. Yeah, and my whole yeah, thing yeah. is like, all right, and not not to be like, you know, a reverse so educated guy. Well, bitch, I went to college and I graduated. Yeah. You don't have to talk to me like that. But just like just letting it soak in so there won't be no type of struggle. I'm doing my job on my, my nine to five. Oh, I'll finish up and all creep right, and we'll be both like going. Or, yeah, yeah, go our separate ways. Yeah. Because, I will help you. You're doing the right thing because you're not letting it turn from anger into despair to regret to right. a meaner thing. You're just Chip like, on your shoulder, dude, walking like, around. Look, Either you're being real racist against me or you're just condescending to everybody. Whatever it is, right. I'm going to do the job. And it's funny because it's, you know, say uh, how you grew up in a heavily Hispanic neighborhood. Mine was uh, not so many uh, immigrant Mexicans. They were just are the clique that my folks hung around with, but also like a generation of Mexican-Americans and also like Chicano-Americans yeah. that didn't really speak Spanish. Well, we also had, uh, we had rich Mexicans. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they, that's, <laughs> that's what they call them in Mexico. Like, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had that. We had a lot of that. Oh, too. those motherfuckers just wear Gucci and like yeah, the top man. of the line and shit. I remember doing Louis Vuitton. In South Texas, where it's like, yeah, here in South Texas, we're like, uh, yeah, we want a wall too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Which is reminiscent of the, uh, the, the, car the, the rich Mexicans. The cartel culture Mexicans, you know, yeah. not so much education wise, but they float money somehow. Yeah, but they're fucking sitting high on the hog. Yeah, so then there's that. That was also heavily in, in, uh, 
in South Texas. Yeah. Because, you know, that's where they would come and shop. Oh, fuck yeah. The McAllen. So, you know, they got the gap there. They go over there and get all their shit stocked up and go back. But it's funny because it's like I was telling you that the way I felt like uh, the education is here. The only thing, obviously, there wasn't no popular entertainers at that time. I think it was like just Paul Rodriguez and fucking Edward James almost. Yeah, pretty much. And um, I didn't feel that I was like, um, not that I feel that way now, but that we were like, you know, 20 years behind. I was like, fuck, dude, fucking maybe. Well, you didn't, it's know, gonna you, pr- you didn't, didn't know you were behind. Right. And, uh, or didn't even know any better. That's because the, that, that is us being American. Right. See, you're you're under that because we were American. There you we go. We enjoyed Saved by the Bell and Power Rangers. Fuck yeah, dude. Just as much as everyone else. Ninja Turtles, all that shit. Exactly. And it had nothing to do with race, unless they had an episode where race was brought up. You're like, oh fuck, I didn't even think of Zach as white. <laughs> you know, and so you keep fucking bringing it up. But it, it, it's uh, that's what it is. Is the is that we? It's not that we didn't notice it. It's just we are American. You know. So it's like, no, I'm, I'm enjoying American TV. And then when you start to know, it's like, well, wait a minute. Now people are pointing out, you're right. There really aren't that many Mexicans. Oh, fuck yeah. And then you start realizing it, you know. But, but I really think, yeah, it wasn't, we weren't aware of it because it wasn't, it's not like our parents were like, you know, why are you watching all this white TV? Put on something. Right, right. How could they fucking say that? They couldn't. Trippy shit, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. I don't even know. It all makes sense. Johnny. <laughs> yeah, man. But oh, he was off the whole time? <laughs> so, man, thank you very much for doing this. I mean, no I feel like we kind of barely scratched the surface. And I didn't want to take it. Cause, I mean, we're still haven't, you know, even got in how the fuck you uh, got to L.A. Oh, yeah. Or whatnot, but I mean, Jeez we can save that. Oh, really? That's a guy, Little Bear, uh, the, the Chicano, the Chicano to the bone, yeah. which is probably the most militant thinking Mexican I've ever oh, run into. But uh, he's like the so not looking. But it's but it's good. See, the thing is, like, like I was telling you with the government. I don't know if we recorded this earlier. I mean, look to the government of Mexico. They're all pr- primarily white dudes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, they're like you know they do their shit on September sixteenth or whatnot. Yeah. But if you look at them, I mean, eth- look at their fa- look at their family. Yeah. They're basically just a Spaniard, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, so, uh, but it's also too that like you know, it, just because you don't look like Benicio del, del Toro looked in fucking uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas doesn't mean you can't represent. You know? Exactly. And that's another thing too that's like new, or you know, there was always like, well, that guy, you know, or that you're well, a little bit I, affluent. I was told that I didn't, uh, I wasn't Mexican enough. <laughs> really, and that's by like. Uh, and the auditions? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, okay. And he was like, okay, I guess. I mean, if you hear my story, <laughs> you know, we'll debate on that. But, okay, I get it. So, Gene, you know what? Like you said, Gene is actually very militant. And it takes that militant mind that, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to bring something to the Latino culture, which Gene, Gene really has tried to – I thank him because he, he was writing stuff 20 years ago, 25 bro, years ago, right? He looked at a South Texas trying to develop shows. He looked at a South Texas guy that he ran into an open mic and was like, "I'm going to remember this guy and I'm going to give him a reason to come out to California." That's how forward thinking he was. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of guys don't even look outside of their region for the guys they're going to take down. Gene was scouting, and when he found me in Dallas on MySpace, <laughs> you know. 
four years afterwards, he's like, hey, I saw you in Dallas, remember me, blah, blah, blah. I want you to come out and talk about this project. You know, he was always about, I want to push forward the image of what is Mexican. And he would always say it. I mean, you talked to him. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Always say it. He'd always be like, man, you know what I like about you and this and that? You guys are the new generation, and that's going to be cool and hip, and you're different. And Martin Rizzo's kind of a skater, which brings in that culture, you know? Yeah, well, and and that's the thing. Like, I mean, you go as far as Rizzo, as far as, like, um, now. Skating and shit But I mean dude This has been happening For fucking 30 years Forever. dude. Yeah exactly We can go back to The inception of skating man dude, Here in SoCal And it's exactly. like It's now it's like new Or like the Mexican kids Are doing it now You think that Mexicans Were never involved In all of this Is dumb Oh fuck yeah dude It's like no man We're all still Americans Yeah man We you know like that's Whatever man The graffiti artists The amount of break dancers The Latino The amount Yeah it's like And it's, it's funny Because it's almost like Unless you're really like into the culture, which is, I mean, and you're not uh, Mexican or Hispanic or Latino, you kind of like we're the only ones that care about that shit. We're the only ones that do. And it's like, man, until you get like uh, that that one specific project, I always say like, there's, I mean, and you go back, you can go back to Cheech and Chong's Up in Smoke. That's yeah. like a half of an effort there, yeah. if not more so. Uh, we haven't had that since those times, dude. And um. Man. And then there's no, there's not. We need a Latino Friday. Well, that's what I was just gonna say, and it's like it's never happened. One that's not cheesy, exactly. uh, Corny, like something original, like you know how it is now. Yeah. You know, and at least if that if somebody can pull that off, finally maybe that will crack. You know, because that's really what it needs to be. Yeah, because not that not necessarily obviously stars in the movie, but. If you look at that Friday, and again, because there's always they always remake versions of the uh, black version. Let's make the Latino like the yeah. jams, yeah, yeah, yeah. the whatever the fucks. But even in movies, you see that um, with like low budget ones. Yeah. But every character in that movie kicked ass, dude. From the little midget to Bernie Mac to the lady they were to all the Felicia, the yeah, and they were like brought it. They were and, all something, and that's the thing is that if somebody's going to make this film. Each character has to be a character that someone would be like, that's my dad. Right. Totally. And you can even give, like, props to Ice Cube, like, you know, bringing the Cholos in into that movie. Oh, and uh, Yeah, right. Friday in the second yeah, one, yeah, yeah. you know? So, but again, you know, showing a little bit of love, but, you know, it's also, too, like, if you bring There's it from... There's a few guys that show love. Right. Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell definitely shows love to, to Mexicans when he can. Yeah, that's why he did the whole movie in Spanish. Uh, right. Something to me, Padre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Casa de mi padre, right? There you go. Um, he shows love. Ice Cube did show some love. And it's funny because you'll even hear them shout out like Kid Frost and shit like that in, in raps. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, who else, man? There's a few other people that, that go out of their way to be like, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add a little bit of dash of Mexican, but people aren't going to know it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, well, the last man on earth on Fox, one of the characters is Mexican, but they never make him act like it. And he break dances and shit like that. He's, he doesn't talk with an accent, you know. So it's like, oh, they they're, they're letting it. And that's show. another key thing, dude. Not everybody has accents, dude. No, or they're all different, right? You know. So there's a few people. Sandra Bullock, obviously. <laughs> hey, well, fuck, dude. Gotta give her props. You gotta give her props, man. Hell she yeah. Fucking took a big bullet. They wanted to cancel it, and it was Sandra that said no. 
Wow, I never even knew that. So I, I knew, like I said, when we started out, was uh, I heard that she was the reason why I got on the tube, and that was about it. She dude. fucking put her foot down and said, "No, we're gonna keep this going whether you like it or not." Hell yeah. Yep. All right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, man. The, fuck yeah, dude. Thank yeah, you very much, Sandra man. Sandra Bullock is our as our Lucille Ball. <laughs> well, thank you very much, brother. Keep shining, man. Thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, dude, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, please subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, you can check it out on many platforms uh, that you guys listen to. Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. And uh, please leave a message on uh, iTunes and SoundCloud. Yeah, man. So uh, thank you very much for listening. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, if you guys want to get a hold of uh, Nick Guerra on Facebook, he is uh, Nick Guerra. On Instagram, Nick Guerra as well. And on Twitter, it's uh, at Nick Comic. So thank you guys very much um, for all those folks that are going to be in the Chicago area this weekend. Come by, say what's up. The folks that are going to go to the Riverside show right now or today, later today, please roll by and say what's up. Uh, we thank you very much right here uh, from the uh, Yeah Man headquarters. And uh, thank you guys very much. Have a wonderful week and keep shining. Adios. We call the heartland, not very smart land IQs are very low but threat levels are high They got a mandate, they don't want mandates They got so many hates of people to despise In the dust bowl, cerebral black hole The average weight is well over 200 pounds I hate to generalize, but have you seen the thighs? Most haven't seen their genitalia in a while The red